Hello. Thank you for coming back to hear our Faith Walk podcast. I'm Minister Deidre Dent. It's been a while. I've been on a little hiatus, but I'm excited to be back. And I'm excited about tonight's topic, a topic guaranteed to make a lot of people uncomfortable. It actually made me uncomfortable when I was preparing the sermon. It's a political topic, and it's an issue that a lot of people are just not comfortable discussing. But we are going there tonight, and we're going there not based on opinion, but based on biblical truth. We have scriptures to prove how God views the topic of abortion. I'm aware that this may trigger some people. This is a sensitive topic. We all have our own reasons. But as a messenger of God, we have to convey the truth regardless of how it makes us feel. So first, let's start off with thinking about abortion because it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But the definition of abortion is the act of ending or terminating a pregnancy. Okay, the act of ending or terminating a pregnancy. And we know what pregnancy is. So if I could look at that definition, I would change it a little bit to say the act of ending or terminating an unwanted pregnancy. Because when women are trying to conceive and men are trying to conceive with their wives, you don't try to conceive to get an abortion. So the purpose of an abortion is to end an unwanted pregnancy. So when we look at wanted versus unwanted, when someone is expecting or they've been trying to conceive, you know, they go, yay, I'm having a baby. And you say, oh, congratulations. We do this just automatically when we find out someone's pregnant, congratulations, because we recognize that there's a life form there. We recognize, oh, this person is starting their family. We have baby showers, not fetus showers, not embryo showers, but baby showers. You pick out baby names. You go to the doctor, you hear a heartbeat. The child is alive to you because it's a wanted pregnancy. But if we look on the flip side, when it's an unwanted pregnancy, it's a fetus. It's not a baby until it's born. So we first have to recognize that as humans, we decide on truth based on relativity to our feelings and to our situation. So if you don't want the pregnancy, then it's not, oh, I'm so sorry that you're ending your pregnancy. Oh, I'm so, you know, condolences. We don't do that. You know, when we find out someone had an abortion, we don't offer condolences. We just, we mind our business. It's your body, your choice, right? So let's let's look into, you know, something we're familiar with first before I dive into the scripture. When we think about pro-life and pro-choice, pro-life advocates, you know, although they do understand that life begins in the womb, they take extreme measures to prove their point, such as standing outside of abortion clinics, trying to stop the women from going in the clinics, or a lot of them will have huge photos of aborted babies, and they will try everything they can to stop the women from entering in there. Some people have a uh, have a strong conviction in this area and so they go the extra mile. Now, that is up for debate whether or not you would personally want to stand outside of an abortion clinic, but the whole point is they understand something. They understand that you're walking into a death sentence. They understand that when you step out of the car to walk up to the clinic that you're carrying a soul. And when you walk out, you don't anymore. And when we look at pro-choice, pro-choice says, look, this is your body. You don't let anyone inconvenience you. If you're not ready to have a baby, don't have a baby. It doesn't matter 
that the, the, the child or the baby or however they feel about it, it doesn't matter that you're pregnant, right? Or you're carrying, you do what's best for you. So it's very cut and dry, black and white, left and right when it comes to abortions uh, politically. People tend to have a gray area where they want it to be situational, but we'll get into that too. So let's look at the main reasons why most abortions occur. Inconvenience, right? You weren't ready. It's not a good time. Maybe you have plans to start a new career, go back to school, and it's just not the right time, okay? A health threat. Maybe the doctor tells you, well, if you carry this baby to full term, your life is at risk, so we should terminate the pregnancy. Or maybe you've been told that you could not conceive and that, you know, oh, I'm afraid that my body could give out. There are numerous health concerns that women have when they find out they're expecting. Or it could be a no desire to parent. It could be bad timing for you. It could be rape, right? All of these things that contribute to conception. We'll get into each one, but first let's see what God says about it. Because as humans, we get caught up in our failings. We operate on what we see because we're very limited. We only have five senses in the flesh, but you have to realize whatever you see in the flesh was first manifest in the spirit. So let's get God's point of view, who's omnipresent, who can see all, who knows all. Okay. So when we look at it from God's point of view, most people will say, well, there's only one scripture that talks about abortion and it says thou shall not kill. Well, that's a good scripture because thou shall not kill means you don't have the right to take a life. You didn't create the life. Therefore, you cannot take a life. You're stealing something that doesn't belong to you. Right. So we understand what thou shall not kill means. However, I have exciting news that the Bible has way more than thou shall not kill when you're trying to explain God's point of view when it comes to taking a life. So even if we start, if we look at Genesis chapter one, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female, right? A lot of us know that scripture. God created man in his own image. So we can all agree that a baby has a head, two arms and two legs. We can agree on that. We cannot create life. Scientists can take an egg. They can take sperm. They can try test tube uh, uh, babies. They could do different in vitro fertilization. They can do whatever they want, but they can't create the life. They're taking what's already been provided. They can't create DNA chromosomes. The chromosomes are already there. So when God decided that he was going to create man, he chose his image. We are a reflection of him. That's first and foremost. Jeremiah 1 5 says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So right here, God is saying, I chose you before I formed you. Where were we before we were formed? If we look at science and we look and see how chromosomes come together, how genetics work together, the X's and the Y's, and we look at this formation but who were we before that? We were souls. We were eternal souls. He said, I chose you before I formed you. See, as humans, we have a beginning and an end. We have a start and a stop. But God is infinite. There is no time for him. So before your mother found out she was carrying you, you already existed. So we have to look at the scriptures and really see what it is that we're doing. Because we think that we're destroying a life. But you have to understand something. We can only kill the flesh. The soul lives forever. Psalms 139, 13 says, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
We are personalized by God. We are created. We are customized by God. I like to give people personalized gifts. If I want to buy you a hand towel and a set of glasses, I want your initials on it. If I want to buy you a watch case, I want your name on it. And when God created us, he put his initials on every single last one of us because we were handcrafted and created by God. So when we look at the reasons of abortion, when we look at inconvenience, we have to understand first that our bodies don't belong to us. And that's a very hard thing for people to realize. So when you say my body, my choice, you're actually saying that you control your life, you control your destiny. And the only thing that you control is your free will, your will to choose to listen to God or not to listen to God. You choose your own eternity. But our convenience is not God's concern because our life is meant to reflect him in the earth. It's so funny when people talk about it's bad timing for me, bad timing. We don't control time. Let's think about convenience. Elijah, the prophet Elijah was on the run for his life. When Jezebel was killing the prophets, it wasn't convenient for him to hide in caves. Sarah became pregnant at 90. It wasn't convenient for her to be 90 years old carrying a baby. Mary was a pregnant virgin. How inconvenient to be a pregnant virgin. We have to look at how God operates. He doesn't operate on our time. He doesn't need our permission. When you think about health threats, because I understand that, but you have to also understand that God has the last say. That's why you have to have a relationship in faith with God. Because see, when people hear these topics, you either believe God or you don't. And if you don't believe God, then my words fall on deaf ears. Because you have to first understand it doesn't matter what the doctor says. God has the last and final say. Even sicknesses and infirmities that manifest themselves in the flesh can be handled in the spirit first. I had a family member of mine who was pregnant and the doctor told her she needed to terminate because if the baby lived, the baby would have Down syndrome. Terrified her, she was completely scared and frightened. She went to the pastor, went for prayer. They laid hands on the baby. God came through. The baby's fine and healthy. But if she didn't believe God and she chose to believe man over God, she would have took that baby's life off of fear. When we are afraid. We make illogical decisions, irrational decisions, because we are operating with our eyes closed. When we say we walk by faith and not by sight, we are depending on the eyesight of God. But when we operate in fear, we let the enemy make our choices for us because we're too afraid to make a move. And at all times, you're being used either by the enemy or by God. So don't think that it's you choosing a choice. It's either being influenced by God or it's being influenced by the enemy. A lot of people get into the, it's just a bad time for me. I wasn't ready for this. But that's when you're living your life on your own terms and you're planning your life. And one thing I have really learned as a believer is I can't plan my life. I have to literally walk by faith. It's good to make provisions, but I don't get to decide who's in, who's out my life. That's God's decision. God orders our footsteps. So as a believer, you have to believe the things that are in the word. You can't just believe the parts that are convenient for you. You have to be willing to live a sacrificial life and talk about topics that are uncomfortable to you and talk about topics that you don't always agree with because it's God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. And it doesn't always feel good, but it's truth and the truth will set you free. Even when we look at rape cases, these are unfortunate cases. But God is not the blame for the rape. As human beings, we all can choose. It's amazing how people 
will blame God for the bad, but then take credit for the good. He gave us free will to make choices. And unfortunately, when things like that happen to us or people that we love, if God decides to step in and still speak life to that woman's womb and cause a life to form from that, it's because he has a plan. He has a plan. God can take a mess and make something beautiful out of it. Even when you're planting a beautiful tree or beautiful flowers, you have to dig deep in the dirt and in the mess. And that's what God does. And you can't even see that he's trying to create something beautiful out of a complete disaster. Okay. For years, I didn't want to speak on abortion. I haven't always been saved. I was in the world. I had one. I had one for my own reasons. And after coming to Christ, I say, hey, that's something that, that people need to go to God on their own. That's a cop out. When you hear anybody claim to be a believer that can't touch on a topic, it's because one, they're still guilty of it or two, they haven't been delivered from it and they can't accept what was. But when you're free, then you have the ability. Nothing can shame or embarrass me. I am proud of everything that God has brought me through. And if you would open your mouth and speak the truth, regardless of how many feelings you're going to hurt, regardless of how many people don't want to talk to you anymore, you're speaking the truth and it's either going to speak for their behalf or against their behalf. But as the sons and daughters of God, we have to carry the truth. We have to speak the word in and out of season when it's popular and when it's not. Right now, an abortion is a topic that if you're not for abortion, a lot of people don't want to hear you speak because it's women's reproductive rights. You don't have a right. God decides when he will allow life and when he won't. He opens and he closes wombs. He's the creator. There's a soul that exists before he even sends it to your belly. So you, there is the woman's reproductive right. So that's the first thing right there. We got to get out of humanism and stop speaking all of this self-love because we have a God to answer to. We weren't created to worship ourselves. But in a fallen state, that's who we worship. We worship ourselves. So abortion is an act of self-preservation. Your flesh will survive. Come hell and high water, your flesh is going to try to survive. And abortion is an act of self-preservation. Your flesh will do what it needs to do for you to feel better in that moment. There are so many consequences that come with this. There's psychological damage because it's really unnatural to rip a baby out of a woman's womb. When God sends that soul to your stomach, more things are happening than just the formation of body parts and cells and tissues. There's spiritual activity going on. Ask some mothers. You can feel when your child is hurt, they don't have to be in your presence. There are things about my daughter that I can feel about her and she's not around me because she was inside of my stomach. She was inside of me just like you were inside of your mother. There's a spiritual connection that's way past physical. So when you interrupt that, and you have someone rip that baby away from you, there is psychological damage that is done. Talk to some people who've had abortions. A lot of people aren't just so quick to open up, but there are so many hotlines to try to help women through this, and this is not going to be blasted on the media because all Planned Parenthood want is your money. They're not concerned about the after effects. There's physical damage that's done to your body with those tools and instruments because your body wasn't designed you have an abortion your body was never created to scrape tissue away or to disconnect the baby prematurely it wasn't made for that there's spiritual damage there are eternal consequences that go into play when you get an abortion okay because that soul hasn't died you simply separated the flesh that soul has to go back to god 
when you look, when I look at Planned Parenthood, a lot of people look at Planned Parenthood. Oh, they do sonograms. They give you birth control. You know, they help people. No. Planned Parenthood, founded by Margaret Sanger, is a $1.9 billion business. This is in net assets. So this is after they've already kicked out their overhead. They profit net loan, $1.9 billion. Okay. So as a Christian, be careful of who you say you support, what charitable organizations you pay into and what your causes are. Because I've talked before about the LGBTQ and this and the Planned Parenthood are heavily supported by the left in our government. They push for this more than anything. 42.4 million abortions occurred last year in the United States. 42.4 million souls were sent back to God last year in the United States because of our inconveniences, because we weren't ready. Because we wanted to play God. The moment you become pregnant, there is an eternal soul living inside of you. You can kill the flesh, but the soul of that child will live forever. So what you did was you just interrupted God's plan for that child and used your free will to take away their chance to rule here on earth. They had a chance just as you and I did. But the difference is our mothers didn't choose to take our chance. They let us live. So we have to understand life is not a mistake, regardless of how the child is conceived. We were all meant to be here. We have to even think about conception. The fact that you beat out millions and millions of sperm, (laughs) you are meant to be here. The fact that you were created, you're already a winner. You have to think about everybody that's on this earth beat out millions of others that couldn't be here. If you if you go to YouTube and just pull up a conception and just watch the sperm travel to that egg. The one that gets in, that's you. You made it. So you don't have nothing to prove to anybody because he already predestined you to be here. Genesis 4.10 says, then he said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. This was Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother and God said to him, your brother's blood cries out to me. Because it was never God's will that Abel would be murdered. But see, with free will and sin in play, Cain made a choice to kill his brother's flesh. But Abel's soul lived on and his blood cried out from the ground. The first murder in the Bible, in the history of time, physically, and his blood cried out from the ground. So what do you think the cries of these souls sound like when 42.4 million souls are crying from the ground? Proverbs 6, 16 through 17 says, the Lord hates six things. And in verse 17, it says hands that shed innocent blood. When we think about innocent blood, it's just, oh, someone that didn't do anything wrong. Well, name one crime that an unborn child commits. Hands that shed innocent blood is not just for the mother who made the decision. It's for the doctor that carried out the procedure. It's for the nurse that prepped the mother. It's for the person that handled the paperwork. This was an entire process that went into shedding innocent blood. Ezekiel three seventeen through 19 says, when you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you shall surely die, but you do not warn him. You don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person will die for his iniquity. Yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. What God was saying in that book is when I tell you the truth, you speak what I tell you to. 
Now, if they don't listen, they're responsible. But if you don't tell the people what I'm telling you to, I'm going to hold you responsible for it. So we have to get used to being uncomfortable. And this may not be an uncomfortable topic for you, but you may be uncomfortable talking about same-sex marriage. Or you may be uncomfortable talking about uh, transgender or talking about uh, hypocrite preachers or whatever your topic is. Drug addicts. Everyone has something that they really just would never have to talk about. Oh, we don't have to talk about that. That's the thing you need to focus on because when God gives you a word, it's not about if it's convenient or if it's comfortable, you just have to deliver it. Okay. So when we think about churches and pregnancies, a lot that I see happening right now is that it's it's an extreme. It's one or the other, either the church completely embarrasses and shames the young mother, right? Make her feel like, oh, she's the, she's the worst human being and Oh, I can't believe you. Would, and, and they're ashamed and they run from the church and they hide or they run to the abortion clinic because they're afraid of being judged. And then I see the other side. They're celebrating it. You know, we got you got a young girl and she didn't had six kids. And every year the church throw a new baby shower. Y'all just act like it's OK. You just you don't even dig deep, dig deep enough to the root of the problem to see what's going on. That these pregnancies keep happening because it's a deeper problem. And as believers, we have to take responsibility. When you see someone in a situation, you don't beat them up over it because you don't judge the person. You judge the sin and you judge the sin because, you know, sin is wrong, but you don't judge the person. You make yourself available. You talk to the person. You speak truth, even if you're the only one speaking it. A lot of times in churches, people are doing what's popular. And if you're the one that's not participating in something because the Holy Spirit told you not to. You better listen to the Lord. What is man that thou art mindful of him? God says we have to fear the one that can destroy both body and soul. So you speak the truth no matter what, because that you may be the only example that they see. A lot of times we could be surrounded by people that's doing wrong. We get tired of doing right. We like, I'm tired. I'm the only one that's trying to do right. Keep doing right because you are the example. And if you start doing wrong, they don't have anybody. So sometimes it's easy to get weary and well doing, but you have to keep going. Psalms 139 13 says, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I love that. The Holy Spirit took time to create us. Not only are we fashioned in God's image, but when he decides to pair flesh with the soul that was already existing, he purposely gave us to who we were sent to. We don't get to pick our parents. A lot of us had troubled upbringings. We didn't, you know, you can't choose whose household you're born in, but God has a plan for everything. So if you're a believer and you've been supporting abortion, you need to repent. You need to repent for one, because you're going against everything that the word says. And you need to start speaking the truth, even if it's not making you popular. But if you don't believe in God and you confuse and you don't understand, you can get on your knees. You can repent. You can ask God to show him who you are, because if he has chosen to give you a life, you don't have the right to end it. Just because you can carry out an act of free will does not mean there are not consequences attached to that. Our, most of our consequences, we get in eternity. Just like the Bible talks about how men are able to get along with sin so long that they feel like because they haven't died that God isn't coming back. I paraphrased. But my whole point is you see people making decisions and you think, oh, they're OK. They did it. So I'll be fine, too. You don't understand the psychological, the physical or the spiritual consequences of what someone else is doing. And when you decide to play God, because that's what you're doing 
and you decide to send a soul back to him that he wasn't ready to come back and he had to receive that soul back, you will pay for that. You will pay for that on earth and you will pay for that in your eternity. But the thing I love about God is he is forgiving. And if we repent to him with a contrite spirit and a broken heart and we are sorry for real, he is willing to forgive our sins. He doesn't bring them up later. He doesn't hold them over our heads. And then after he forgives us, we forgive ourselves. And you don't allow anyone else to hold things over your head and to bring it back up. Because when he died on that cross, he covered your abortion. But after you realize that it was wrong, if you continue in that thing, you're not covered. Because in sin remains no sacrifice. We have to tell people the truth. It's not the time to be liked. You have to tell people the truth. We are in, a, in, in, a, in the middle of a pandemic right now. And there are so many Billions of dollars being sent to Planned Parenthood. Abortion clinics are still considered essential activities. You daggone right because all of the money that they get from those abortion clinics and then they use the fetal tissue for experiments. That's a whole nother topic. Not only are you willingly killing your seed, but you're allowing them to take parts of their bodies for experiments. And even in New York, you can carry a baby to nine months, a full term abortion. What kind of wicked, evil time are we living in? Well, you can carry a child to nine months and hand it over. But I got one better for you. It's wrong even if you have an abortion at three weeks. Some people feel like though, the sooner I do it, the better. It's not. It's still a soul. At every phase, it's still a soul. And we don't have the right to do that. So when we're talking about these topics, we do have to present it in love because a lot of people don't know. You present it in love and then you move on. You don't stand there and continue to badger somebody. You present it and then you move on. And God put this on my heart and I was hesitant to even speak on it. But I have to do what God tells me to do because that's my job. I'm a messenger. So those scriptures, I'm going to read them off to you. Because like I said, everyone talks about thou shalt not, thou shalt not kill, which is great. But these are specific scriptures. If you know someone dealing with this issue are they unsure? Give them these reference scriptures. Genesis 1.27, Jeremiah 1.5, Psalms 139.13, Genesis 4.10, Proverbs 6.16-17, and Ezekiel 3.17-19. Okay, those are specific scriptures. It's not just thou shalt not kill. We have to understand that all of us that are here are meant to be here. I do hope that this blessed someone. I know this was short. I just got straight to the point, <laughs> but I, I needed to get it out. You know, this needs to be said. The church is not talking about this. The church is silent. The church is a sellout. Don't you be one. God bless.